Welcome to Straight Talk with NDFB. I am your host, Emery Melhoff. Join me as I explore the issue of Measure 1, a constitutional amendment to put term limits on North Dakota's governor and restrict your state legislators to eight years in the House and the Senate. In spring 2022, North Dakota Farm Bureau took a stance against term limits. We believe term limits will increase the bureaucracy of agencies, shift power away from legislators to the executive branch, and ultimately, Harm Rural North Dakota. In this episode, I visit with Representative Jeff Delzer, current chairman of the House Appropriations Committee. In the time I've known Jeff, he has been the frugal leader in the House of Representatives. His conservative approach to budgeting earned him the American Conservative Union's Award for Conservative Achievement. Jeff joined me today to talk about his concern about Measure 1 and how term limits will be a detriment to sound leadership in the legislature. Although Jeff is not currently running for election, he shares from his years of experience overseeing North Dakota's budget. Join us for this conversation. I have Representative Jeff Delzer. Thanks for being here today, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. So remind me what district you're from again and how long you've served in the legislature. Well, I've served 15 sessions in the legislature out of District 8. After redistricting, I ended up in District 33. Okay. And so 15 sessions, that's been... 30 years. 30 years. So you're the problem, according to Measure 1. That's what they say, yeah. So Measure 1 is a, a measure on our ballot to look at amending our Constitution to put terms on our governor and on folks such as yourself, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it does not affect anybody except the legislature and the governor. And just to be clear, we're talking about North Dakota legislators. North Dakota legislature. Nothing to do with Congress. Okay, so Senator Hoven, Congressman Armstrong, Senator Kramer, all those guys are safe. The state has already passed a law that if they can ever put term limits on Congress, that's already been passed by the state. But it's sitting there. It cannot be done because we do not have that authority. Because that would take an uh, amendment on the national U- level. On the U.S. Constitution. Which our U.S. Constitution takes a little bit more to amend than our own, correct? It really does. Yeah. Uh, Representative Delzer, you are against term limits, correct? Very much so. Why? Well, it has nothing to do with me because I figure my time in the legislature is over. But what it, what it amounts to is we have a very unique legislature. It's much as very much totally a citizen legislature. Everybody who serves there has to make a living somewhere else. And uh, we vote on every bill. There's 700 to 1,000 bills a session. There's so much to learn that there's no way that somebody who works three months, takes 21 months off, comes back and works another three months, takes 21 months off, you know, does that four times, can have the knowledge to make sure that the bureaucrats give you the right answers to the questions you need to ask them. It takes that long to learn those questions. It gives way too much power to the executive branch, takes away from the legislature, and it's been stated many times is, is it takes away the right of citizens to vote for whoever they want. If they like their legislator and they're doing a good job, they should have the right to vote for that person again. So you are infamous for not wanting to spend very much. Well, I believe in having the best use of taxpayer dollars and not wasting any. Exactly. And and looking at your voting record, you yourself are pretty conservative. 
where, but where do you get this idea that these guys that have been in for 20, 30 years, you know, are, are part of the establishment just need to go out? Where do you think this, this opinion or feeling is coming from? I think it comes partly from, uh, from the press. And it's just natural with as much as people are upset with some of what's happened with the federal government. And this pandemic, it, it did not help because there was government overreach, both on the federal level and to some degree from the state. But, you know, it's just easy to always say that somebody who's been there a long time gets corrupted. And that isn't the case at all, especially not in a citizen legislature like this. So time served does not necessarily equal corruption. It does not equal corruption at all. It equals institutional knowledge. It equals being able to understand when something's been tried in the past and it hasn't worked and why you don't want to try it again. And you see a lot of the same bills year after year. You know, the institutional knowledge that's gained by being there for a while is really very, very valuable. And so when you are talking about institutional knowledge, can you just flesh out a little bit of what you mean by that? Well, let's take a look at the budget. You know, we have, when I first come in, it was a, a, not a bad budget. It was quite small compared to what it is now. But when the oil fields come in, the amount of money we have, and what you have to do is you have to understand everything that's in the budget. And it's massive. We have like close to 50 different bills. And whoever chairs the Appropriations Committee and, and the leader have to sit down and make sure that the, the books balance and that you're not putting uh, the state in a position where it can't handle things in the future. And that's why we put uh, volatile oil money aside and spend it as cash afterwards. And if we wouldn't have had people with institutional knowledge, we'd have never been able to get that passed because everybody would just spend the money. So you have all these years of experience with our budget um, in North Dakota. What do you think about people who say that term limits will decrease spending or at least decrease the rise in spending? Oh, I don't think that'll happen at all. I think it'll be just the opposite because, you know, a big part of institutional knowledge is learning how to ask the executive branch, the agencies, the right questions so that you get the answers you need to know what needs to be spent and what doesn't. And if you don't have that time in there, if you don't have that knowledge, they're going to have a lot more power of being able to convince you that you need to spend something when maybe you do not. So this measure would put term limits on our governor as well. Do you still think that the executive branch would grow in power? Oh, you bet, because it's not just the governor. I mean, the governor certainly will will try to take whatever power they can get, but it's the, the whole agency that Anybody who works in an agency or even like your job, that you always expect to try to better yourself or better what you're working with. And that's just part of it. Yeah. So you have the agencies, the lobbyists. And I suppose that, you know, even if you have a change out of governor, if, the, if it's the same party, you usually don't see that the staff always changes out either. And so you get. Well, certainly, you know, I mean, most agencies are all protected individuals. There's only a few that are unclassified, and those are the only ones that can be changed without just cause. So most of the staffing in any of the agencies stays for a fairly long time. And so you, having served for 30 years, 15 sessions, I'm sure you've seen all sorts of ideas, good and bad, and then you've also, you've seen them pass and fail, and then I'm sure you've seen them resurface again. Yes, ma'am. One of my favorite moments of this last session was 
um, Senator Howard Anderson was sitting not in an egg bill, but in an education bill. And somebody from the education department brought some idea forward. And Senator Anderson sat back and he heard the whole thing. And and then he came up to his microphone. And I, I think he served as long as you have, correct? No, he hasn't served as long. But, okay. but he's got an awful been lot there. of experience legislative by lobbying for a while as well. Okay. And so he, I, I remember he sat back with his um, cane and he sat back in his chair and he said, you know, that was a bad idea when your predecessor brought it, and it's still, still a, bad a bad idea, idea. today. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's some of what you're talking about with, with the institutional knowledge is you get those guys that have seen those bad ideas brought forward, and they, they can recognize yep. them. Yep. Yeah. The, the issue is, if you think of how long people, you know, we serve 80, no more than 80 legislative days uh, every other year. So if you're uh, only going to serve eight years, you're actually only going to be a legislator, an active sitting legislator making decisions basically a year and maybe two months out of those eight years. Hmm. And there's no business that would ever expect somebody to be able to run the business, to run the show, to run the budget, whatever, with only a year's experience in eight years, and then you get rid of them and get somebody new. It just doesn't happen. Do you think that this will shift North Dakota to adopting annual sessions Well, if this measure passes? I think it would probably be looked at, but that will create its own problems. First place, you can't change that 80 legislative days. It's constitutional, too. And I'm not sure the people would ever vote to make it more. <laughs> a longer government, yeah. You know, so you're going to go to a long session, a short session. Then you're going to have a hard time finding people that will do the job. That, that are willing to take and disrupt every every year that way. So where do you think this term limit movement is coming from? Is it coming from in our state or out of our state? Or there's different talk about that? I certainly believe it's coming from out of state. Uh, just like the ethics law came from out of state, Marcy's law came from out of state. I think it's different groups, of course. But North Dakota has a pretty easy way to change the Constitution and a pretty easy way to have initiated measures. So they can come in here and do this, and then they can use that to move somewhere else. But I know even two years ago, it was a group, I think out of Florida, that was going after me about term limits two years ago. You know, certainly it's being pushed by some people that are living in North Dakota, but I think their backing is coming from out of state. Hmm. You know, it's interesting that our constitution is so easily changed. Right. And that's one of the things that, you know, we have looked at and they put out there. To me, I think it should take 55% of the vote to change the constitution. Because right now it's 50% plus one person. plus one. And it's real easy, like the ethics law. You know, everybody says we want ethics and we have ethics. But, you know, it was easy to pass that. And now we, we're sitting there with a $600,000 being just wasted because they're, they're, I think they've had five complaints and four of them were totally unfounded. And I think they investigated one and said it wasn't there. At least that's what we had during last session. So District 8, it used to be a fairly rural district. I guess it still is. Well, District 8 was, when I was first elected, it was just McLean County. Okay. Then we came down, took the outskirts of Bismarck in and the community of Lincoln. And it's been the eastern part of McLean and outskirts of Bismarck and 
rural Burley for a long time, but now this year it's rural Burley and then Emmons County. So that's something that we've definitely seen with this redistricting, but it's been a long time in coming where our districts have every 10 years have been shifting to where the rural districts are getting bigger because it's all based on population. So they have to encompass a certain number of people. And so because people from our rural communities are, those communities are shrinking and the cities are getting bigger. We've seen a growth in urban representation. And of course, nothing against our, our urban friends. They're very important, but seems like what term limits could potentially do is it could be very detrimental to those rural communities. I would think so. And and unfortunately, you know, just the redistricting is going to be that. Even this time, there was basically two rural districts went away. Fargo got another one. Williston area got one. And then there was one split that actually made them a little bit smaller, but it took in more of the Dickinson area and stuff that way into the district. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be harder and harder to keep fair rural representation in the state. One of the things that I spoke with my colleague over at Nebraska Farm Bureau, and they adopted term limits, that down in Nebraska, they've seen lame duck happen in their body because what happens is you term out these legislators and they almost become like a a lame duck in the sense that they're not necessarily accountable to their people at at home. They don't have to worry about being reelected um, they just term out. And and he also said that oftentimes instead of running against somebody, people will just wait for their turn. Right. And so it's almost this idea that you lose quality in your legislature. Well, I've never talked to anybody from any of the states that have term limits that like it, hmm. you know, in, in government anyway. Maybe some of the individuals do, but there's a number of the states that it came in and then they've tried to take it out and change it back to and it really should be everybody everybody's term limited uh, i think i counted them up but anyway i've lost three times you know people have the right to vote however they want to vote so we we like i said before we talked to a freshman uh, well now a sophomore legislator about his bringing his own experience to the capitol but then also once he got there realizing how much other things there were oh. and we're talking about you from a chairman's perspective I tell you what, as a, you know, I remember when I was a freshman, and you come in and uh, you're just learning the process. And it takes that first session, at least all of the first session, fair amount of the second, to get used to stuff. And then when you are fortunate enough to become a chairman, it's almost like being a freshman again because you're learning stuff again and going through it all again. You know, and then when you uh, switch and chair one of the bigger committees, it's the same deal. And when you get into leadership, you know, I just don't see how anybody's going to have the experience that they need to uh, be an effective leader or a really effective good chairman. And and it'll get done. If term limits pass, everything will continue. But I just don't think the quality will be there the, the same way it is now. It's just really hard for them to to push that quick and get there. It's really tough. I mean, and there's a lot of hard decisions to be made, and, and the learning curve is really big, you know, because the the amount of different subjects that a legislator deals with, you know, unless you've watched the, program, the process and been involved, it, it's really hard to understand how involved it is. One of the issues, like chairing the full committee and, 
you know, when I chaired one of the sections, you could get into the minutia of, of the particular bills you had in front of you. And one of the things, especially since 2015, when we had the oil bust that happened, and we had to come in and do some pretty drastic cuts, the job of leader, leadership and the chairs has been more the big picture. And when you have 50 different bills, you have to figure out how they all fit together. Then you've probably got another 40 or 50 other bills that want to spend some money as well. And you have, you know, whenever anybody puts a bill in, they get pretty passionate about it. Some some people say, well, they give birth to that bill, and it, it's <laughs> frankly just about that way. So you got to deal with all those different things, and you got to set the agenda so that you, everybody has a fair hearing on them. Because in our, our legislature, every bill gets a hearing and every bill gets a vote on. That's one thing these states that have term limits, I don't think any of them, every bill gets a hearing. The mm-hmm. chairman can block pocket veto, and they run much less bills through the legislature than we do. The only other one I've heard that may do it is New Hampshire. Hmm. but they are a full-time legislature. You know, and if you're a full-time legislature, maybe eight years is enough. I don't know. But we're not anywhere as close to a full-time legislature. Well, thank you so much, Representative Delzer, for sitting down and chatting with me about your concerns about term limits in North Dakota. I know you go back to 96 or 98 when it was last on the ballot. Term limits were were defeated with a no vote and a four-year term for the House members on the same ballot was passed with a yes vote. So the people usually know what they're doing, and I sure hope they, they uh, work real hard and take a real hard, long look at this and make sure this is what they want before they vote for it. And I would hope that it does not pass. All right. Well, thank you again, and, uh, and have a good day. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to Straight Talk with NDFB. Join us every Wednesday up until the 2022 election as we release episodes talking about term limits. If you'd like to learn more about Measure 1, visit us at ndfb.org. 